Good morning, church. <laughs> We're opening this morning with hymn 425. 425. The words will be up here, but if you want the music, it's in the book. Verses 1 and 3. <laughs> that better yeah. yeah don't drop it in the water right because then you then I get to dance right oh, one and a half volts there okay now back to our regularly scheduled programming we get to baptize again so um, Dwayne come, Dwayne's in the water here and Dwayne came forward back in August it, it was, I think, his first time in church with us, and, and God moved him, okay? He came down front, and, and he goes, I need to do something, okay? What is it that I need to do? So we talked through that. And that day, you accepted Jesus as your Savior, yep, okay? And so we haven't had the privilege of having him back, but today he's here, and he came ready and excited. Matter of fact, he brought his mother with him, okay? I think that's very cool. Patty is here, yes, Okay. So today, you are all Dwayne's fan club, okay? So we're excited for you. We're excited with what we'll be doing here. And I'm going to read some things that will be on the slides here. Christian baptism is the immersion of a believer in water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an act of obedience symbolizing the believer's faith in a crucified, buried, and risen Savior. The believer's death to sin, the burial of the old life, and the resurrection to walk in the newness of life in Christ Jesus. It is a testimony to his faith in the final resurrection of the dead. And so we're going to read out of Matthew. This is the Great Commission, and this is what, about, this is what church is about, right? It's about telling people about Jesus Christ, and you can do this, okay? 
now that you, you, you've accepted Christ, you can share just what happened with you. But this is what the verse that, that prompts us to do that. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? So Dwayne has accepted Christ, so we're going to put him down. I'm going to have you turn this way, okay? Um, and he's accepted Christ, so when we put him under the water, it's a symbolic of the burial of the old life. And when we bring him out of water, it's the resurrection to new life. Now, it doesn't automatically fix everything, right? Because I'm still struggling to learn how to live like Christ, and that's what we're going to help you do, okay? All right, you ready? Amen. Okay, so that was exciting. And the water's even cold. It's still good. Okay? And so, so I'm going to ask Richard. Richard's going to come up, one of our deacons. He's going to come up and lead us in prayer. And then we're going to watch a video before Kim comes up and does the announcements. And the video has something to do with what's going on tonight. So, Richard? Let's pray together in prayer. Father, we do thank you for the opportunity today to watch someone who's come into your kingdom to follow through with baptism, and we just pray that we as a church might be faithful in ministering to him and helping him to grow and to share his faith with others. Help us to do the same, Father, that we might enjoy that opportunity to praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. I want you all to watch, pay close attention if that right arm is still wet when it comes out, because I notice he had the long sleeve button, so it should be all wet. See if he's dry when it comes back out. So if you've ever wondered what's God's will for my life, here it is. It's your sanctification. The Spirit of God enters our heart and He goes to work on us. I promise you, your allegiance to Him will make you stand out in the culture. Why do we have a hope that good is coming beyond the grave? Because our guy beat death. If he died and he rose, then we believe when we die, we will rise. Our hope is in the resurrection. And Paul says, we know we're not destined for wrath. We have hope, a confidence that we have a good future. We live knowing the day is coming, so we live like it's coming. We got a big hero of a big story who came for us and is coming again. We're gonna see the Lord Jesus Christ come back and we're calling a world to walk with him until we see him face to face. Emmanuel Baptist Church, both here and also online. We're so glad to have everyone. Um, so 
as the video went, um, we would like to invite you to come to, we have two awesome Bible studies going on right now. We have the Chosen Bible Study led um, by Richard Hazelwood, and then we also have Living for Christ in a Culture that Doesn't, led by Randy Darr. They're both tonight at 6 p.m. in the chapel. We would love to have you guys. Um, and then um, the IBSA Equip Training in Chatham is this Tuesday, the 26th, from 6 to 9 p.m. Um, it's a regional training designed for groups of church leaders to receive the next level, excuse me, level training in various areas of ministry. There are so many to choose from, the little breakout sessions, like first impressions, winning guests in the first 10 minutes, there's some women's discipleship, building community that connects that heart level, mental health, the church response. There's so many awesome things to choose from. We invite you to attend. Um, also, um, this um, week for um, week of prayer, which is from September 17th to the 24th, um, day eight, Every year, the IBSA helps plant 10 to 20 new churches across the state. Church planners like Maurice Gator do the spiritually and physically excuse me, <laughs> challenging work of starting a church from scratch. Starting new churches is a vital part of reaching people and changing neighborhoods. Pray for the church planners like Gator and IBSA church plantings. Kevin Jones and John Yai as they recruit, train, and support new churches and planters. Um, also, don't forget Prayer and Share on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. I've mentioned before, it's an awesome opportunity. It's short and sweet, but it really helps your week. Um, so um, I'm going to ask Charlie Baker to come up after they play the... Um, Missions in Illinois offering video man up. The purpose is that every church finds where God has given them a heart and an opportunity to create movement outside of the church to reach lost. With Alpha, the pastor had a specific heart. Hebrews 4.16 says, Well, we know that there is an issue with fatherlessness that that is definitely an area that we should really focus on. We want to invest in men so that they can learn who they are in Christ Jesus. And the hope is, as they start to grow and mature, they will begin to mentor other men. Pastor Bruce Kirk of Alpha Missionary Baptist Church in Bolingbrook had a heart to reach men. So we led the church to begin an outreach using cars and barbecue. So when it comes to cars, you'd be surprised how quickly you can get a crowd of men to come and to talk about their cars. So the turnout was huge. A lot of beautiful cars showed up. They really spent time, you know, speaking to them about cars, but then uh, through the cars to really open up that dialogue about uh, just who Christ is. God used that to have uh, create a great hunger in their own men's lives, like they're excited and they want to do it again. But it also created movement and excitement in the hearts of some of those men who were invited and came. And so that is a, we felt like an untapped area 
uh, where we have an opportunity to really try to reach more men. Eventually, it evolved into Man Church. Man Church is where the entire service is designed to attract men. The time, the music, and the topics. When a man comes in, uh, there's a few things that we'll expect. One, he'll see a lot of other men who look and dress just like him. Next, they will hear the word, which is important. So understanding who they are from creation, I believe that set the foundation and the tone for other men to say, hey, I got some questions now. Associate Pastor Crowley knows what some of these new men are feeling. When he first came to Alpha, he had questions of his own. Well now, when they come to church like I did with that void, they can look around, pick some faithful men, some men uh, who is modeling the image of Christ, and they can trust in that man. That's really what we're hoping and praying for, is that every church will realize that, that God has called them and equipped them to do the mission. And no, they may not do it like Alpha does it, but they'll, they'll do it the way God wants them to do it. Just find what God wants you to do and, and do it. When you give to the Mission Illinois offering, you provide resources to help churches across the state find their heart for evangelism. There are more than 8 million people in our state who need to know Jesus. IBSA is committed to helping each church be a healthy church, discovering new ways to reach its mission field and community. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Our most gracious and all-wise Heavenly Father, we thank you very much for this beautiful day that you've given us to come and worship you, worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for this service that we've had already, Lord, where we saw one that uh, has accepted you, uh, went ahead with baptism, and it's just truly great, Lord, to, to have another, another soul in heaven, Lord. We ask you to be with the Illinois Mission Offering, Lord, that as we collect us up for these new churches, Lord, that we might be able to uh, raise the funds, Lord, to keep our missionaries on the field and keep them uh, in the uh, manner that you would have us to do for them, Lord. We ask you to be with this service, Lord, be with Cliff as he speaks, Lord, be with Lori as she leads the music, Lord, that all this might be in worship of you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. For us in Jesus' name we do pray, amen. This is a duet. <laughs> but you probably know the chorus, so feel free to sing along. <laughs>
number 553, or 533, sorry, 533. He lives. I serve.
We are in Proverbs 15. Proverbs 15. This is kind of our landing spot. So as we walk through Proverbs, I'm not going to cover everything, okay? I can't, it, well, we could, but um, that's not the way that I feel led to do that. So I would encourage you to read through Proverbs. Matter of, matter of fact, this morning, when we read Proverbs chapter 15, we're not going to cover everything there. We're going we're to read it all. It's 32 verses long, and we're going to, 33 verses long. We're going to read through that. And you'll have to go back this afternoon and catch up on, or throughout this week, and catch up on some of those things and see which ones apply to your daily life, right? That's what we're talking about. Let, let me take you someplace else. Man church up there, barbecue. What's the other thing that attracts men? Ice cream, okay? <laughs> just just going to be honest, right? Ice cream, we're there, right? Ice cream, cars, you know, barbecue, we're there. So love, love what they're doing up there, okay? And, and I want to talk about the, uh, the idea of when I grew up in our house, we had Neapolitan ice cream, strawberry, chocolate, and white. And to be honest with you, I've never bought it since, okay? <laughs> I just like vanilla. Why, why the edges are messy, okay? But but Neapolitan ice cream, the beauty of that was, and that's why it was so popular. Did you know it was around since the 1850s or something like that? It's been around for a long time. But the idea is that there's something for everyone. I mean, that's essentially the idea behind that. So when I when I thought about that, I remembered when we when we would take the youth out when I was driving. When we came back from dropping off the gifts at the activity center, I would stop at Culver's. It's not because Culver's is my completely favorite place in the world. It's okay. But what I liked about Culver's is it's like Neapolitan ice cream. It's got something for everyone. It's got something for everyone. You walk in there, they got fish, they got chicken, they got hamburgers, they got pot roast, okay? And, <laughs> And so, so every, everybody has something there that I figure they can land on it, and they will be satisfied, and they won't complain about why didn't we go to this place or that place. But anyway, when you're looking at the book of Proverbs, when we read through the 15th chapter, understand that it has something for everyone. What I'm going to key on today, what I'm going to hone in on is and look at, we're going to go do a little bit deeper dive, scratch beneath the surface there, may not be the thing that really God speaks to you. But that's the beauty of the Proverbs. And that's the intent of the Proverbs is that, that it has something for everyone. Remember, this is, if we're looking through Proverbs, this is faith applied, okay, to everyday attitudes, actions, and relationships. That's your week, right? Your attitude, your actions, your, your relationships, you, your coworkers, your family, all of those things. The things that you do at work, the things that you do at home, the attitude that you develop as you do all of those things, right? So all of those things, Proverbs speaks into, and it speaks through the lens of faith. It is that, that it's, it's through the relationship of a, how do I live out my life now that I'm a Christian? You know, that's Dwayne's question. What do I, we have a book. We had a book for a while that, that says, I'm a Christian, now what? Right? That's, that's what Proverbs is about. How do I live my faith out now that I belong to Christ? How do I continue for, for myself? 
I've been a Christian for a long time. How do I continue to live my life out? And this speaks into that. It is the, it's through the lens of a relationship with Jesus, right? It's that biblical worldview that we're looking at. How and what would Jesus have me do? The, the what would Jesus do wristband, okay, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That's what we want to ask, and that's what we want to apply. When we were looking through it last week, we talked, about the, we talked about a couple of the commandments. How do I live that out? Well, Proverbs gives me instruction to that. We're going to take a New Testament principle this morning, not this afternoon, okay, this morning, and we're going we're gonna to walk through that and see what Proverbs has to deal with, how to say on that. As we walk through Proverbs 15, as we did in Proverbs 10, this appears throughout many chapters as you continue on, is that the setup, as you read it, it's two sticks or two lines. And most of the time it's antithetic, which means the second line is opposite of the first. Blessed is and cursed kind of thing. That's the kind of setup that it has, wisdom and folly. And so those are the settings that you have there. Now, every once in a while, and you guys can pay attention to that, give yourself a little pat on the back, because every once in a while there's a synthetic one. And the synthetic line is this. It complements the first line or completes the first line. So most of them will be antithetic. And see, you learned a big word this week and last week. And also you learned synthetic, which you've heard, because if you've been to an oil place, they want synthetic oil. Right? So but we're going to apply it to God's word, and that means it completes it. There are two choices. This is not Baskin-Robbins. This is not Culver's, and this is not Neapolitan ice cream. When you look at the book of Proverbs, the writers of Proverbs break life down into two choices. Wisdom or folly, okay? Blessing or judgment. You get a pick. But it's not a, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's not combined. We're not, it's, not a, it's not a blizzard where we get to mix things together. Right? That's how life is lived in the eyes of Proverbs. You're either walking in wisdom or you're walking in folly. There's not, a, there's not a middle ground to that. So that's what we want to be careful as we walk through there and see that. We're going to read in chapter 15, starting in verse 1. This is out of the New American Standard. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word serves up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. Pat yourself on the back, right? A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof is sensible. Great wealth is in the house of the righteous, but trouble is in the income of the wicked. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not so. The, sir, the sacrifice of the, wick, of, an, of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but he loves one who pursues righteousness. Grievous punishment is, not for, him, is for him who forsakes the way. He who, hates, excuse me, he who hates reproof will die. Sheol and Abaddon Lie open before the Lord, how much more the hearts of men. A scoffer does not love one who reproves him, but he will not go to the wise. A joyful heart makes a cheerful face, but when the heart is sad, the spirit is broken. The mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. All the days of the afflicted are bad, but a cheerful heart has a continual feast. 
Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. A hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but the slow to anger calms the dispute. The way of the lazy is the hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a highway. A wise son makes a father glad, but a foolish man despises his mother. Folly is joy to him who lacks sense, but a man of understanding walks straight. Without consultation, plans are frustrated, but with many counselors, they succeed. A man has joy in an apt answer, and how delightful is a timely word. The path of life leads upward for the wise, that he may keep away from Sheol below. The, the Lord will tear, tear down the house of the proud, but he will establish the boundary of the widow. Evil plans are an abomination to the Lord, but pleasant words are pure. He who profits illicitly troubles his own house, but he who hates bribes will live. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Bright eyes gladden the heart. Good news puts fat on the bones. He whose ear listens to the life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. He who neglects discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. So as we walk through all of these verses, all 33 verses, it's what we said last week, what I said last week, the idea that this is wisdom to guide us in everyday life. When we read through there, some of that sort of resonated with us. Man, I, I should have applied this last week. If I would have remembered this last week, things might have went better. Or, or maybe, you know, I nailed that one. God reminded me what I needed to do, led me down the right path, and I walked in wisdom. And that's what I read in there. It's observations from experience. Those are great things, right? It's why we watch YouTube videos. We pop up a YouTube video when we want to know how to put a, a faucet in. We, we pick up a YouTube when we want to know whatever it is that we're doing, right? Because we're watching somebody do what we're about to do. And we'd like to see how to do it right. We look at the instructions and it's, you know, that Ikea thing that comes with a picture on the box and, and the rest of it's in 17 different languages and none that we understood. So we look it up and we do the YouTube video and we figure it out. But that's what Proverbs is. It's, it's, it's observations from experience. And there's a lesson implied in every one of those. The key to this is this is just not world, this is not YouTube wisdom. This is wisdom that God placed in your Bible on purpose so that you might be equipped to live your life today. He did this long before YouTube, but guess what? Because YouTube's come along, God's Word is not outdated. That's where we need to go and grab that and live life accordingly to the observations and be amazed that what, what, what Solomon spoke thousands of years ago is still relevant in your life today. It's still relevant in Cliff's life. 
it's still relevant in your life. And that's the beauty of the Scripture and the beauty of Proverbs. And what we, as we walk through that, I've said, I said this last week, it's not nicely grouped. When you Google something, when you look for that YouTube video on whatever it is that you're trying to do, you type that in, and then you get a list of a lot of videos that all apply to that. But when you opened up the book of Proverbs in, in chapter 15 and just read through that, it wasn't all nicely grouped. Okay? But life isn't nicely grouped. The things that you encounter day in and day out are not nicely grouped. So if you will read a chapter, read six verses, you'll have six, six, six different things that might apply to your daily life. Righteousness is infinitely important in the book of Proverbs. When we talk about worldly wisdom as they're trying to guide you through things, they're not trying to live a life for Christ. But the Proverbs is trying to live life out in a manner that is pleasing to God. That's what we need to remember. Jesus, you know, Jesus is righteous, and we want to be righteous too. Proverbs is going to help us get there. As we deal with our attitudes, our activities, in our relationships, okay? That's what we're talking about. Let's dive into chapter 15 with attitudes, activities, and relationships. One of the things that you noticed as you walked, as you read through there, you should, maybe you picked up on it, maybe you didn't. I, I remember looking at it and then catching it and going back and finding it. But there is the better, and then the word that starts the second line is than, okay? Better than, better than. That's what we want to talk about, better than. I want, you, and I want you to pay attention to this. There's just two verses in this one, 16 and 17, both had that in there. But here's what I want you to think about. When we talk about living life for Christ, living a life that is pleasing to God, and that's what Proverbs is trying to do, and it uses that framework or that, that formula better than, I want you to understand that what Satan does, what the enemy does, is this. He flips it. I mean, just be honest, right? Is it better to live for God or do what you want? Now, wisdom, this Proverbs would tell you it's better to live for God than do what you please. The world will tell you what? Do what you please is better than serving God. Because serving God is no fun. Let's read these 16th and 17th verse again. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord then great treasure and turmoil with it. We've heard some other similar phrases. You'll find that throughout the book of Proverbs, but take note of that. The world tells us what? At any cost, you need stuff. The more stuff you have, the happier you will be. Scripture will tell you that better is a little with the fear of the Lord, a relationship with God, than a whole bunch of stuff without God in it. The turmoil that comes with it. The 17th verse, better is a dish of vegetables. Think about that, right? Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a, than a steak, right? Think about that. But then a fat knock served with hatred. Better than. Okay? We flip it. Most of us are not going to the steakhouse looking for vegetables. I'm just... I'm just Right, because that's the way that we're built, right? Steak is always better than, than vegetables. But that's not what the Scripture says. It reminds us of this. Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. Chew on that for a while. 
Let's talk about speech. Okay, let's talk about speech. There are several verses in here that talk with speech. How many of you plan on talking to somebody this week? How many of you plan on talking this, with, with people to, this week that might disagree with you? Yeah, okay, okay. We're, we're being, I, I said Friday afternoon I worked with a bunch of people that didn't disagree with me. Uh, they were under the ground, okay? It was, uh, it was out of the cemetery, doing a little work on it. But anyway, let's talk about speech. Verse 1 opened up with that concept. Verse 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Been there, done that, right? When somebody jumps in your face, what do you do? Initially, we want to jump right back, right? If they scream, I can scream louder. And then it, it what, what do they call that? It escalates. And pretty soon, everybody's red-faced. Scripture says a gentle answer turns away wrath. This is from several years ago. We did this on Wednesday night. We walked through a book that was called Tactics. And it was written by Gregory Kukul. In the, in the first chapter or in the lead up to, the, to, to what, what he's going to try to teach us, this is the quote. And he talks about apologetics, because that's what tactics is about, is apologetics. That's that, there's another big word, okay, that you don't always use, but apologetics. And that means we're going to defend the faith. And so when somebody says, and maybe that might be your disagreement this week, when somebody says, hey, I don't believe in all this God stuff, etc., etc., right? And you, you want to jump back in their face. Those sound like fighting words to many people. Circle the wagons. Hoist the drawbridge, fix bayonets, load weapons, ready, aim, fire. Because now you said something bad. You disagreed with me on Christ, and I'm going to come with you with everything I have. As I read through that and reminded, it's, it's, it was great to go back into the book and grab some things and be reminded. Our, our, our confrontation doesn't have to be a battleground. Not an escalated, all-out war um, front there. It, it, he says, let's be reasonable and thoughtful, not emotional. That's hard. That's hard. But living for Christ isn't always easy, right? So when somebody confronts you uh, with the wrath, right? A gentle answer turns away wrath. That means wrath has come at you. They've unloaded on you. They've had that funnel of salt on you, and you're going to respond. And so we want to be reasonable and thoughtful and not emotional in our response. Don't let them get your gander up, okay? Don't let them get your, 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 your temper. Guiding them to truth. It's one of the things. Guiding them to truth while being kind gentle, compassionate. Because when they say things like that, they're wrong, right? But they believe what they said is right. So we've got to have that gentle answer. That's what the Scripture just said. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Let's look at a couple other verses that dealt with it. Verse 2 goes into that. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fool fools spouts folly. We talk about choice. Do you want to be the tongue of the wise? Or do you want to be the mouth of the fools? That's your choice. Verse 4. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Speech can be helpful, but speech can be harmful. 
We get to choose what we do with our words. Can we, can we help a situation make it better? Can we provide that soothing ointment of healing that needs our what do you want to grind in there and open the wound up a little bit further? Verse 7, the lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of the fools are not so. I want to share knowledge. Matter of fact, as with Dwayne, we want to share the good news. I want to share the good news. When it talks about the lips of the wise spread knowledge, the knowledge, you know, walking through the, the gospel, right? The three circles thing. We were intended to be with God, but we're not where we need to be with God. We're not where we need to be with God, but, and, and we're trying to get back into, we're trying to fix things. And we fix things with all, we, with all the wrong things, with busyness, with, with jobs, with drugs. And all. We try to, to numb the pain of not being in a right relationship with God. So I need to help people to understand that they can't fix it. All the things that they do, I've talked about, when I was growing up, if I was good, I went to heaven. That's not the truth doesn't depend on what I do. It depends on what Jesus did. And so I can share with them the gospel message that Jesus Christ died for, for me and for them. And that he is the only hope. And that is spreading the knowledge. That's spreading the knowledge. Now, I'm going to move from speech. This is an abrupt change. I should have a smooth transition, but Proverbs doesn't do smooth transitions. I mean, just boom, this is what I'm talking about, and then this is what I'm talking about. And verse 2 and 3 may not be connected to one another, other than it's in the book of Proverbs, and it's chapter 15. So let's talk about correction and couching, or reproof, is it often words there. It's a concept of improving, learning and applying. Today, I have a tie-on. Part of the reason is that I have a tie-on is because we're going to go over to St. James Baptist Church over in Hillsboro, on the other side, on the east side, past the square there in, in, in town. And we're going to ordain C.J. Lydell into the ministry. He's going to now be ordained as a pastor, as a minister. We ordained him a year ago as a deacon. He's the only deacon in the church. After their pastor died, um, he became their deacon, he began to teach, and he also came over and got involved on what we do on the first night of the month, association-wide, it's here at our church over in the other building, in the, in the chapel area, we do what we call preaching lab or preaching workshop, and we give them the text, the next text is in Luke, I think chapter 9, so they'll be coming on the, first of Oct on the 2nd of October to, talk, to, to deliver their message, and when they do that, CJ and Kenny and George and Ray and Andy and, and there's another guy in there too. But as they do that, what, what do we do? We listen to what they say and then we, we critique them is what we call have a sheet that we fill out. And we critique them and we speak back into them so that they get better as they go along. That's the idea of correction and coaching, the idea of reproving somebody. What we're, we're trying to be gentle because what are we trying to do? We're trying to improve them from where they're at to where they need to be. And honestly, that's, I'm trying to do that too. Okay? How do I get better at what I'm doing? Because I am, I am not top tier. But I'm, God is me here, 
and I want to learn how to do the better. Let's look at the verses. The fifth verse. A fool rejects his father's discipline, but he who regards reproof is sensible. The wise listen and they apply. Remember that? Okay, it's not enough to know what you want to do is back and, and apply. See that, that put into place. Verse 10. Grievous punishment is for him who forsakes the way. He who hates reproof will die. We, we need reproof, right? Okay, that's what we need. That's what that verse says. I want to take that away from that. Verse 12. Scoffer does not love one who reproves him. He will not go to the wise. What do you not want to be? Don't be a scoffer, right? Okay, don't be a scoffer because we want to go to the wise. We want to love reproof. Verse 31, verse 31, 32, and 33 strung together all touch on this topic of, of reproof, of coaching, of correction. He whose ear listens to the life giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Want to be teachable all the way through your life. We need to be teachable and moldable. We don't... We, when we picture our relationship with God out of Jeremiah, what is it? We're the, we're the clay on the potter's wheel, and he's working on us. If we are not teachable, let me, let's, let's, let's picture that. If we're not teachable and we're on the wheel, what is it? We're a rock, okay? And the thumb's not doing anything to it. It's not becoming what God wants it to be because we've hardened ourselves. Let's be teachable all the way through our years so that we can learn to be more Christ-like as we walk through this journey. Verse 32, he who neglects dis discipline despises himself, but he who listens to reproof acquires understanding, desire understanding, desire understanding. I was talking to a, a gentleman on Friday, and, it, and, and he, he was mentioning a loved one that he had who neglected himself. The end was not good, right? So he who rejects discipline despises himself. But he who listens to reproof acquires understanding. We need to desire understanding. Verse 33, the fear of the Lord, excuse me, the fear of the Lord is instruction of wisdom. And before honor comes humility. It is about a relationship. When you come into a relationship with God and you understand who God is, when you comprehend that, my greatness went down like 40 levels, right? That humility, because I understood who he was. He just, but, but, but at the same time, this great, big, wonderful God loves me, okay? And he wants a relationship with me. He'll take the time to talk with me. He'll take the time Instead of just wipe, wiping me off the face of the earth, he's going to take the time to work with me, to bring me to the place that he wants me to be. I love that. Okay, The fear of the Lord is instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. We missed verses that applied both to speech and both to reproof. There are other topics covered in there, and I encourage you to go back and dive into that. Because when we talked about speech, remember I, I said that that was something that James dealt with. Do you remember reading James chapter 3 where it said the tongue is a fire? It's that little thing, but yet it, it's like the rudder on a ship and it controls everything. You're figuring out, how do, how do I get control of the tongue? 
Go back to Proverbs 15 and read those verses, right? Those verses were written to help us control the tongue, our actions, our attitudes, and our relationships. You see, God's Word has a plan for us to live a life that's pleasing to Him. Here's the action steps. That's what I want you to do this week, the one I encourage you to do this week, is go back and read Proverbs 15 again and again and again. Okay, mark the verses that apply to your day or the week. In other words, circle those things. Put a little highlighter back there. Because one of these days, you'll be flipping back through there and you'll see it. And uh, it will remind you of how it interacted with your life and the lesson that God taught you. Then, then, did you choose wisely? Okay, that's the question that we had last week. The idea of how do I choose? How did I choose? You know, that's the reproof part. That's the reproof part. How did I connect with what God's Word said? Lori's going to come back up here and lead us in song. We're going to have an invitation. What's the invitation for? Well, a couple things. It could be that as we read through Proverbs, you said, I blew that last week. I blew that yesterday. I blew it today. And I need, to, I need to pray about it. I need to pray so that I can better handle my response to situations. I want to, I want to do that. I may, I may want to come and pray for that. I may, I may be called to go on mission. That's our, I plant a church. That's what today is about, right? We're praying for church planters. And maybe that God wants to pick you up, plant you someplace else, and plant a church so you can teach and reach people and share with them the love of Jesus Christ. Today may be the day that you don't know Jesus Christ. You've never been baptized. We were baptism. You want to change those things. Come and talk with me, and we'll just like we did with Dwayne, we'll explain that, and we'll walk you through that. Let's stand to sing.
with me in prayer. Father, we're thankful for this day that we can celebrate with our brother who was baptized to Wayne. And Father, that to, to, to know that um, it's our opportunity to walk beside him and to help him to learn how to live like Christ as we try and strive to do the very same. Father, just pray for uh, what we do, Lord, as we've talked about church plantings, we've watched this church grow immense ministry. Father, just uh, for the, the offering, Lord, so many things to pray for. For this afternoon, as we seek to help ordain a man that you've called into the ministry. Father, what a joy it is to participate in that. And Father, I pray that as we go out this week, Lord, help us use Proverbs to guide our lives. Help us to see how practical it is and how it applies to our lives. And Father, just um, may we put our faith and trust in you. Father, may we be a light of your love and of the gospel message as we go out this week. In Jesus' name, amen. So a couple things. Here is the, the have, this week's Have You Read reading, Second Chronicles, Ecclesiastes, Jude. You get to cover a whole book. Okay, this week in Jude and then Luke 19 through 20. Appreciate you being here. Pray for us this afternoon as we go over to St. James and we rejoice with what's going on there. Thank you, guys.